The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's jazz it up. Let's all get together now. Welcome to the Laura Theodore Podcast. You may know me from my popular television show, Jazzy Vegetarian, where I feature easy and delicious vegan recipes, along with tips for living a kinder, plant-based life. Now I invite you to join me here each week, where I'll welcome amazing guests to share upbeat and informative conversations featuring motivational lifestyle advice and nutritional guidance, plus lots of jazzy-licious recipe ideas. It's all served up with sensational music on the side. Music! So let's get talking. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Laura Theodore Podcast. I am your host, Laura Theodore. I hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy. And I am so happy that you are here with me today for this podcast because we have an amazing guest lined up, Miss Hannah Kaminsky. We're going to talk about her new book. And then later on in the show, we got some great music as always. I've got my recipe of the week. And we're going to just talk about everything that's going on in the world of jazzy vegetarian. Of course, everything is vegan and delicious. But my new book is coming out. The TV show is out. So many things happening, but let's get right to the show. It is now my great honor to welcome the talented, the fantastic Hannah Kaminsky, who is the author of many fabulous plant-based cookbooks, including Real Food Really Fast, Sweet Vegan Treats, and The Student Vegan Cookbook. Hannah is the creator of the award-winning Bittersweet blog at bittersweetblog.com. And as both a writer and a photographer, Hannah contributes regularly to Veg News Magazine, The Vegetarian Journal, and so many more. Her brand new book, Everyday Vegan Cheat Sheet, A Plant-Based Guide to One Pan Wonders, is now released. Oh yeah, you can purchase it now. Not right this second after the show today. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'd like to bring her on the show right now. How are you today, Hannah? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. And what's even better is your new book, Everyday Vegan Cheat Sheet, A Plant-Based Guide to One Pan Wonders. And this book certainly is wonderful. 
I just think it's so helpful. I will say first that I am a big fan of sheet pan suppers. I do them all the time. And so I just love this book because I just think they're so easy. And, of course, doing them vegan, making them delicious. With your new book, everybody has the formula to do that. So let's just get right to it. First of all, in your mind, what is so special about cooking with sheet pans in the first place? There's so much to be said for sheet pan meals because it takes the concept of the one-pot meal being you only need one cooking vessel, minimal effort, and minimal cleanup, but it's an improvement because a one-pot meal, everything ends up boiled or steamed and just kind of mushy, the same texture, very homogenous. But with a sheet pan meal, you can stagger the ingredients, add them at different times, so you can have them cooking at different rates you get a whole range of different textures, which makes it much more fun to eat. And, you know, like I said, I'm a big fan of it. I've done entire chapters in my books on sheet pan cooking. I've done episodes on the television show, entirely sheet pan cooking. I just think it's so easy. What I love about it, Hannah, is that, you know, everybody has, like, busy schedules, even if they're working from home. I think we just seem to, there's so much media, there's so much happening, there's, there's always so much that we have to do in the course of a day. And what I love most of all about a sheet pan supper is that you put it together. Okay, that takes a minute, but then you put it on the sheet pan, you put it in the oven, you turn the oven on, you maybe stir it a couple of times, but then you can go ahead and fold the laundry or answer your emails or write a book or film part Mm -hmm. of your television show, whatever you're doing, but Mm -hmm. you have the time And like you're saying, the taste is just fantastic, don't you think? Absolutely. And also it should be said that the taste is better because instead of just cooking things, the dry heat really concentrates flavors so you get more intensely flavorful food. We've got a lot of different sheet pan sizes. We've got a lot of different names for them. And it really can be overwhelming. So I want you to please just talk a little bit, please, about the most common sizes of sheet pans and the types of sheet pans. Absolutely. I feel like there is a lot of confusion here because they're named in a very strange way that isn't intuitive to the home cook. Yeah. Uh, the most yep. common one that I use here and that most people use without even knowing it is a half sheet pan. And that sounds like it should be smaller than a full sheet pan. It is, but a full sheet pan will not fit in most household ovens. They're made for commercial kitchens. So after that, it goes down very logically. The next size smaller is a quarter sheet pan. And this is also really convenient to know that it's the same size as most baking dishes, which is 9 by 13 inches. So if you have a recipe that's really saucy or you're just kind of messy, Definitely upsize to the baking sheet or the baking pan. You've got that extra rim to hold things inside. There's also an eighth of a sheet pan, which is generally used for toaster ovens. Like, they're super small, but it can be helpful if you're just cooking for one or want a very small batch. And what size is an eighth of a sheet pan? Do you happen to know offhand? Yeah, it's nine by six inches. A little guy. I think you talk about it in the book, but having the right size pan is what's going to make your sheet pan meal cook properly. Am I kind of on track with that? Absolutely. And it's also really handy because in some recipes, I use a couple of sizes. So if I'm doing maybe sandwiches, 
I'll cook the filling on the largest size I have, the half sheet pan, but maybe I want to warm up the buns, and I'll put them on a, an eighth of a sheet pan. They just don't need that much space. The last one we're going to talk about is, once again, one that can cause some confusion in the kitchen. It's cookie sheets. Now, what mm. technically makes a cookie sheet different from a standard sheet pan? Cookie sheets are either completely flat or just have one lip that you can use to grab onto. That's designed so that you can get a spatula under the cookies and be able to take them off. And that can really be any size, but I'm just not a big fan of it for sheet pan meals because while it can work, I find that at least my recipes tend to be saucier or there's more liquid and it's just going to run out over the oven and you're going to have a big mess. You know, I agree with you completely. I don't use a cookie sheet for cookies. I never do because knowing me, without having that rim, you know, there's going to be some raisins or chocolate chips that drop out of the cookies, and then when I get them out of the oven, that's all just going to fall at the bottom of the oven. So we're on the same page there. And what I loved is in your chapter where you're recommending how to put everything together, you recommend assembling all of the ingredients for a sheet pan recipe before preparing. Why do you do that, and what's the best way to go about doing it without being overwhelmed? This is actually true for all cooking. It's really helpful for me to see my ingredients, have them ready to go, so I don't find myself in the middle of a recipe and realize, oh, shoot, I should have already had that chopped, and now it needs to be in the oven, and now something's going to overcook. And it also prevents me from thinking, oh, I have enough, and then, you know, putting things together as I cook and realizing, well, no, I actually don't have diced tomatoes. Now what? So just having a plan and knowing what you're doing, being more prepared, it makes it an easier and less stressful experience. I agree. Everyday Vegan Cheat Sheet, Plant-Based Guide to One Pan Wonders by the incredible Hannah Kaminsky, who is author of nine cookbooks, I believe now. Is that correct? Is it nine? That's correct. This is number nine. Yep, number nine. I'm catching up with you, girl, almost. Um, I know. But that's a lot of cookbooks, and a lot, it's a lot of fantastic cookbooks. And anyone who's listening today, she has some wonderful books out there, uh, Real Food Really Fast, Sweet Vegan Treats, The Student Vegan Cookbook, which happens to be one of my favorites. I keep these in my uh, library and, and look at them often. So I recommend that uh, anybody listening today does the same, and you can buy the book, of course, at Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. So before you leave us today, I'd be very excited if you would share a quick and easy sheet pan recipe from the book with us today. Absolutely. I'm really excited to share this one because soup is not the first thing that comes to most people's mind when they think about sheet pan cooking. And I kind of want to give you more innovative ways to use it. So I have today a mushroom barley soup, which is perfect for the fall. Very cozy, heartwarming, very easy. And it's got just incredible umami flavor from the mushrooms, but really few ingredients. So you can probably put this together with just about what we have on hand. And how do you do it? I mean, how do you make a soup on a sheet pan? Please share. Okay, the trick is you add liquid slowly and carefully. You don't want to overwhelm it and spill over the sides. And you're not going to add the full volume of liquid into the oven directly. 
you add enough mm-hmm. to cook the ingredients and get it soupy. And then when you're serving it, you top it off with the rest of the hot liquid. Perfect. And that really adds flavor in that soup. Yeah, and they keep that al dente bite, so they're not just mush. They have much more character and texture, color, just everything good. Yeah, it really is. And, and everybody that's listening, you are going to find that recipe on the website um, after the show today. So if you're looking for the recipe, if you're looking to learn more about Hannah's books and everything that she does, just go to the website and you're going to get that fantastic recipe. So leaving us today, first of all, the book is called Everyday Vegan Cheat Sheet, A Plant-Based Guide to One-Pan Wonders by the one, the only, the incredible Hannah Kaminsky. There's beautiful pictures, which, of course, super talented Hannah has taken herself. She is a master photographer. She is a master vegan recipe developer and an all-around great person. So I want to ask you, before I leave us today, if somebody's saying, hey, you know what? I don't usually make my vegetables on sheet pans, or I don't normally go to a sheet pan to make a supper. What's your first tip to get them started? I think just give it a try. I mean, what's there to lose? I'm telling you, if you hate it, you can just pop it in a a pot later and cook it more. I love that. If you hate it, you can pop it in a pot. Perfect. Hannah, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. And I always look forward to next time and new books and all good things that are coming from you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. That was the fabulous Hannah Kaminsky and her book, Everyday Vegan Cheat Sheet, A Plant-Based Guide to One-Pan Wonders. You want to check it out. I love sheet pan cooking. And I also love soups, so you'll find that mushroom barley soup recipe at jazzyvegetarian.com. You're going to find that there today on our blog. You know, speaking of soups, I think it's time for my recipe of the week. Vegan and delicious. My recipe of the week. Here's a super easy and impressive soup for the winter holidays. It's my pumpkin pie spiced butternut squash soup. I like to serve this starting in the fall throughout the winter holidays. It's a great Thanksgiving soup, Christmas soup, Hanukkah soup. Great soup for New Year's Eve. But it's also great to serve just when you start seeing those... uh, Well, you start seeing those cooler temperatures. It's got an extra pop of cinnamon, some pumpkin pie spice, of course, and some maple syrup. And it's very, very easy, but it really is very, very flavorful. And you are going to find this on the website at jazzyvegetarian.com. That's jazzyvegetarian.com. And that's episode 910, episode 910. You're going to find that under Jazzy Vegetarian TV Recipes. So here's how it goes. Pumpkin pie spiced butternut squash soup. Mix four to six servings. You're going to start off with five and a half cups of cubed butternut squash. That's about one medium butternut squash. You want to peel it and seed it and cut it into one to one and a half inch pieces. 
one tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil, two tablespoons of maple syrup divided, a scant quarter teaspoon of pumpkin pie spice. Now you might be asking me, gosh, it's pumpkin pie spice soup. Why only a quarter of a teaspoon of the pumpkin pie spice? It really has a very, very a strong, strong flavor. So if you really like the flavor of pumpkin pie spice, you can add a little bit more, but start with a quarter teaspoon. You can always add more later. That's a great jazzy tip. Then two cups of sweetened or unsweetened plain dairy-free milk, plus more is needed. One quarter teaspoon of salt, plus more to taste. One eighth rounded teaspoon of ground cinnamon, plus more to garnish the soup when you serve it. And then just a pinch, about a sixteenth of a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, and that's optional, but that cayenne just adds just a little back taste that really brings out the flavor of the sweet in this soup. You're going to start off by preheating your oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Line a large rimmed baking sheet with unbleached parchment paper. Then you're going to put your cubed squash, your olive oil, your one tablespoon of the maple syrup and pumpkin pie spice in a large bowl and toss it until it's thoroughly coated. Arrange the squash in a single layer on the prepared pan and bake it for 40 to 45 minutes until it's nice and soft and just getting slightly golden. It's that nice roasted flavor that's really going to give a great flavor to this soup. Put the pan on a wire rack, and then you're going to let the squash cool for hmm, about 15 to 20 minutes. You can actually make it uh, the night before, the day before, about 24 hours before you make this soup. Of course, you can put it in the refrigerator, uh, so that makes it nice and easy on the day you're going to make the soup if you pre-roast the squash. Then you're going to put the cooled roasted squash, when you're ready to make the soup, of course, your dairy-free milk, one tablespoon of maple syrup, a quarter of a teaspoon of salt, cinnamon, and an optional pinch of cayenne pepper. But try to use that pepper if you if you think you can have a little bit of spice. You're going to put that all in a blender and process it until it's nice and smooth and creamy. And add more dairy-free milk or even water three to four tablespoons at a time as needed to achieve the desired consistency. Then you're going to pour your soup into a medium-sized saucepan, cover and cook over medium-low heat for about 15 minutes, stirring often until it's heated through. Now, of course, you can actually make the soup itself the day before you're going to serve it. But if you do, keep in mind, the soup is really going to thicken up overnight in the refrigerator. So right before you make it, you're just going to add more water, more dairy-free milk to get it to the consistency that you like and and to heat it up, once again, if it's cold, it's going to take about 20 minutes to heat up over a medium-low heat. You'll see it's, it's a pretty thick soup. And then to serve it, you're going to ladle the soup into small bowls and sprinkle each bowl with a pinch of cinnamon. Serve it hot, and boy, that is good. You're going to find that recipe at jazzyvegetarian.com. That's jazzyvegetarian.com under show 910. That show 910. And by the way, this fantastic recipe is from my book, Easy Vegan Home Cooking. Man, that's a great book. I'm so proud of that one. I've got all recipes that are eight ingredients or fewer, not including salt, pepper, 
olive oil, or water. But you've just got eight ingredients in each recipe, and it really is. It's easy. Of course, it's vegan, and it's cooking recipes at home. Everybody needs that, right? Yeah, you can get that book signed by me at jazzyvegetarian.com. Of course, you can get it at Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. And uh, the TV show, we've got season 10 coming along. That's our big anniversary season. And we've got a new book coming out with that. It's actually the 10th anniversary edition of my first book, Jazzy Vegetarian Lively Vegan Cuisine That's Easy and Delicious. We're going to be talking more about that in the weeks to come. But if you want to pick up a copy, once again, just go to the website. And while you are there, make certain to stay a while. Look at all the recipes. We've got lots and lots of recipes on the website. We've got videos, fantastic blog. You can listen to my music. You can listen to the podcast. So many things. So uh, jazzyvegetarian.com. Well, we've got music today. It's from my CD, What the World Needs Now is Love featuring the late, great Julian Purefoy. She was such a great saxophone player and an arranger. And it's her and her big band, and yours truly singing a little tune I love called Fever. Never know how much I love you Never know how much I care When you put your arms around me I get a fever that's so hard to bear You give me fever When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight Fever In the morning now Fever all through the night Sun lights up the daytime Moon lights up the night Story here 
That was Fever from my CD called What the World Needs Now is Love, featuring the great late Julian Purefoy and her big band, Fever. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening today. I know you have so many podcasts you can tune into, and I'm so happy every week that you choose this one. So until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be well from me. Laura Theodore, a.k.a. The Jazzy Vegetarian. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.